This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Get Booked Podcast, a weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This is episode 26, and we are recording on Wednesday, April 27th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Swapna Krishna, managing editor of our comic site panels. Hi! Welcome to the show. Thank you. Super excited. We have a bunch of good graphic novel questions, comics questions, etc. So Swapna is going to drop all the comics wisdom on us. <laughs> yes, I am so excited. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so if you haven't listened to the show before, this is a recommendation show. So people write in and ask us questions about what book they should read next, what comic they should give to their niece or nephew, uh, what to do after a little life leaves a gaping hole in your soul, etc., etc. And we answer them. We look for books that we think would be good and recommend them to the askers. So you can send us questions. Uh, you can send them via email to getbooked at bookriot.com. You can tweet them to myself, Jen IRL, Jen with two N's IRL, or Amanda, who is I'm Amanda Nelson, who is our regular co-host. Uh, you can also leave them in the comments section of the post for every Get Booked episode. There's a form, you can fill it out. And if you have a time-sensitive question, please try to make it super clear like early on in the question so that we can see it when it comes into the form or the inbox and we'll try to get to it as soon as we can. Uh, otherwise, we try to get to we're going to get to every question like we've taken a vow. So, um, so do not fret. We will get to yours eventually. And uh, yeah, I think that's all of the information. So shall we dive in? Yes, we shall. All right. So our very first question comes from Jessica. I listened to your recent podcast where you gave some great graphic novel recommendations for younger girls. I have two boys, ages 7 and 5. The 7-year-old is reading at an 8 or 9-year-old level, and the 5-year-old is always picking up my Ms. Marvels and reading them. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I was wondering if you could give some suggestions for beginning comics for boys. The suggestions were great in the previous episode, and I will be getting those for them as well, since the gender of the characters doesn't necessarily matter, but I thought you might have some suggestions for boys to relate to. All right, so we do have suggestions for Jessica, but before we do that, we're going to talk about Book Riot Live! Woo! I'm doing jazz hands! <laughs> uh, we're super excited about our second Book Riot Live. It is a two-day reader convention in November. It's going to be November 12th and 13th this year here in New York City, and we just announced last week our first, is it six authors? Yes, our first six-speaker lineup, which includes cartoonist Jeff Jacks. Yay! <laughs> so excited! I know. about having Jeff. <laughs> We're all super excited about that. So yeah, our first lineup includes uh, journalist and author Baz Dreisinger, we've got Jeff Jocks, we've got Ken Liu, who is an amazing author, we've got Maria Devana Headley, who is New York Times bestseller, we've got Nisi Shal, whose new book Everfair and like cannot wait to read, um, we've got Ruman Alam, author of Rich and Pretty, which you've probably heard us talking about. Yes. You so just good. finished that one. I yeah? did. It's so good. Yes. It was just so unexpected, but like such a great job writing unlikable characters who are still sympathetic, which is really mm -hmm. hard to do. So hard. Yeah. So, and this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. We're going to be announcing more speakers as they get booked and announcing what they're going to be doing, which is all kinds of fun things from, like, games to serious discussions to roundtables, really 
the best ideas we can come up with are what happens at Book Riot Live. <laughs> so you can get your tickets now, and if you get them before June 1st, you get perks. So go to bookriotlive.com to check out the speaker list and all of the, uh, the information that's fit to print. All right. Okay, so why don't you, since I've been talking for like five minutes now, start <laughs> off and give our first recommendation for Jessica. I will. So my first recommendation for Jessica is High Low, The Boy Who Crashed to Earth by Judd Winnick. And this is a super cute comic. It's the first in a series, but it's a graphic novel series, not like a 20-page comic issue series. But it is about a boy named Hilo who crashes to Earth, and there is another young boy named DJ who finds him and befriends him. And DJ is kind of, he's a little bit in a little malaise because he's got all these siblings and these awesome parents, and he feels like everybody in his family is great at something or many things except for him. The one thing he was best at is being best it was being best friends with this young girl who has since moved away. So now he feels like he's not good at anything and everybody around him is doing great things and he's just not. But then he meets Hilo and, you know, gets the a new opportunity at friendship. And it's just a really sweet story about friendship. And it's got some, it's got some, you know, fun superhero alien type stuff. And it's just, it's so cute and it's so much fun. And the art is so great. And I am in love. Like, I could drink up these colors. They're so bright and vivid. And the pages are so glossy. It's so great. Nice. So that is, oh, I'm going to make you say the title again at the end of every. Oh, it's Hilo, The Boy Who Crashed to Earth by Judd Winnick. Awesome. Uh, so my and Hilo is uh, sorry. Hilo is spelled H I L O. I kept saying it Hilo, oh. and then they actually pronounce it in the text of the um, captions so, or the word bubbles. So Hilo. Oh, there you go. I would yeah. have totally gotten that wrong. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So my first pick is the Geronimo Stilton series, which I think might technically be illustrated books rather than comics per se. But I think yeah. the reading experience is very similar. Like the line between like graphic novels and illustrated books is, I think, a little wibbly. It is. Yeah. So, but Geronimo Stilton is a great series. Um, these are more for your seven-year-old, but your younger son could certainly read them along with, uh, which is what my nephews tend to do. Like, my, the older one will read to the younger one. It's super cute. So, anyway, they are about a mouse named Geronimo Stilton who has adventures. Um, the very first one is called The Lost Treasure of the Emerald Eye, and uh, it starts when Geronimo's sister Thea finds an old mysterious map. And then uh, Thea and Geronimo and their cousin Trap are dragged into this epic treasure hunt. Um, and, you know, the book is like, there's a lot of uh, big lettering for where the words are, and then a lot of really interactive graphics and images. Um, there's like 30,000 books in the series. I'm exaggerating, but there's a lot of books in the series. It's kind of like Magic Treehouse in that regard. So once they get into it, there's lots and lots and lots. And then Thea has a spinoff series, so like there's even more more where that came from. Um, and I tend to give these to kids who are like... I mean, they're good for reluctant readers, they're good for kids who really like to read but want a little less words on the page, a little more interactive images. Uh, so I think they're super fun and, like, definitely super age-appropriate. They're designed for young kids who are just learning to read. Uh, so that is the Geronimo Stilton series. The first one is The Lost Treasure of the Emerald Eye, and they're technically by Geronimo Stilton, but the illustrator is Matt Wolf and Larry Keyes. Uh, all right, so let's see. Oh, what's your next one? 
Um, my next one is Secret Society, Secret Hero Society Number One: Study Hall of Justice by Derek Fridolfs and Dustin Nguyen. I can, just, can I just say, Study Hall of Justice? It is, is like, so <laughs> cute. It is like this book. I mean, oh my god. Okay, so the premise is it's about a young. Uh, Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, and Diana Prince, uh, like, who is Wonder Woman. Uh, and it's basically, they're in like, middle school. They go to this middle school called Doomvale Academy. <laughs> and Bruce, the main character is a young Bruce Wayne. And, you know, Alfred sends him to this academy to start socializing with other kids his age because Alfred is a little afraid that Bruce is too much of a loner. And, but... Right away, Bruce notices that there are some weird things going on at the school. And he makes friends with Clark and Diana, and the three of them basically form this junior detective agency to find out what is happening at the school. And it is, uh, okay, first of all, this book is written, it's not a strict comic. It is written in letters and pictures, and there are some comics in it. But it's a really, it's it's like you talked about with the Geronimus Stolten series. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more of an, it feels like a little more interactive. Yeah. Like, you're going to read the letter, and then you're going to read Bruce's, report, like, school report and maybe, like, a principal <laughs> report about how Bruce is digging too much into what's going on. And it's just, it's really cute. And there's a lot of complaints, and rightly so, that the ma mainstream comics, Marvel and DC, don't have much for younger readers. And so with these, uh, with this, this is the first, another first in a series, but it is another graphic novel. But with these books, they're really trying to reach that younger market. And they, it is just so cute. Nice. It is so adorable. That and that's great. Yeah, it's Study Hall of Justice by Derek Fridolfs and uh, Dustin Nguyen. Awesome. And my second pick for you is Tiny Titans Volume 1, Welcome to the Treehouse by Art Baltazar and Franco. Uh, this is another DC Universe uh, production. Um, it's the it's the very young heroes of Sidekick Elementary. So it's Aww. a lot of the superheroes that your kids might be familiar with from... Um, like cartoons and stuff. So it's the tiny, uh, I mean, they're the tiny Titans, which is the elementary school versions of the teen Titans. So, you know, you have Robin and um, Raven and, and like, you know, all of the different kids from the comic uh, whose names I like blank on every single time I try to talk about them. <laughs> but they're basically, they, uh, in the first one, Welcome to the Treehouse, they get to spend an afternoon in the Batcave, getting up into all kinds of hijinks. Aww. I know, can't you imagine? Um, and the art is so great. They, I really love uh, what they've done with the characters. Like, they, they're like the baby versions of these grown-up heroes that we're all familiar with, and their expressions are so cute and funny. Uh, and, you know, it's just really fun to see sort of a really light-hearted elementary age version of these heroes that oftentimes are very, you know, broody and dark and, you know, not yes. age appropriate. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, and, like, the cover has, like, you know, the title is written in crayon. Like, they, I feel like they're not only such a super fun story, but it's also the kind of comic that I think encourages kids to feel like they could draw their own comic, which is what I love most about, you know, introducing kids to comics at this age. Like, they're like, oh, I'm gonna make my own comic and make my own characters. And I feel like this, this uh, this series really encourages that as well. So that's The Tiny Titans, Volume 1, Welcome to the Treehouse by Art Baltazar and Franco. Oh, I love it. I, I love these little oh superheroes as young kids. It's so cute. <laughs> They're super cute. All right, um, read us the next question. All right. 
My girlfriend is a major comic book geek. She's been reading superhero comics almost all her life and knows pretty much everything there is to know about them. For her birthday in April, I'm putting together a huge basket full of books for her and thought it would be nice to include a novel about superheroes. Not a comic book novelization, just a novel that has superheroes. Thanks, guys. John. All right. So hopefully we did not miss her birthday. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry in advance if we did. Um... My first pick for this is Turbulence by Cement Basu. I love this series. This is the first book in what are currently two books. I don't know if there's more coming or not. But it's about uh, what happened when a flight from London to Delhi got exposed to something supernatural. And everybody on the plane is now imbued with a superpower. Uh, and they don't know what happened. They don't really realize uh, that it's even happened until things start changing in their lives. Um, and somebody is unhappy about this and is hunting down the passengers. And so the uh, <laughs> the main character, Aman Sen, is trying to organize the unwitting superhumans into a collective so that they can help protect each other, figure out what their powers are, figure out what's happening to them. This is so action-packed and great. There are so many good characters. There's this one character who is my favorite named Tia, and she s discovers that she can, like, duplicate her physical self um and and send them out into the world and like she was previously a housewife and you know very dedicated to her family but always wondered what her life would have been like if she had been able to you know go off and have adventures instead and now she can um and the way she utilizes her powers is just amazing there's all kinds of there's like tech powers and magic-y powers and there's a lot of confusion about like what it, like is it aliens like what the heck is happening and then of course the bad guys are super bad uh and i just recommend this series so highly it feels like a really interesting twist on this idea of like waking up one day with superpowers and and the trick about it is too that it's a superpower that relates directly to like your deepest hidden wish so whatever that Ooh. wish would have been that you didn't even know that you had like that's what your superpowers really to. I totally just wrote this recommendation down for myself. I by the think way. you it would love so good. these. They're so good. It. And they're international in scope, too, which I really like. So that's Turbulence by Samit Basu. Okay, so my first pick is Fallout. Uh, it's the first Lois Lane novel, and it's by Gwenda Bond. Okay, so it is a comic book character out of uh, DC Comics, but it is not a comic book novelization. So this is the first in a series. Uh, it's out in paperback now, and the second one actually comes out on Sunday. So, and I genuinely feel like this is the best Lois Lane currently being written. Lois is a character that hasn't been getting a lot of great, uh, she hasn't, her character, they haven't been doing a lot with her character in the comics, and it's been disappointing. But this series actually features a teenage Lois Lane. It's a YA novel. Features a teenage Lois Lane, and she becomes a junior reporter. She moves to a new school. She's an army brat, so she's moved all over, and she hasn't really put down roots. So she moves to this new town, new school, and becomes a junior reporter, and starts looking into this kind of sketchy gang of video game nerds at school who seem to be doing something not so great with and messing with some of the kids in her class. And so it's just, it's really sharp, it's smart, it's funny. Um, the little in-jokes to current comics are a lot of fun. If you don't know current comics, it's totally okay. But if you do, you know, she talks to a guy on the, that she met in a chat room called Smallville Guy, 
Which it would be <laughs> a young Superman, and she has nudge, a total nudge. crush on Smallville guy. It's just, it's really well done. I mean, I genuinely loved this book. I have already read the second one, and it is very good as well. And it's just, it's something different, honestly. It's, it feels fresh, and it feels new. It takes a character that has been written over and over again, and just does something entirely new with her. And I really, I love it. It's very well written, and a lot of fun. Oh, to say the title again. Oh, Fallout. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm spacing here. Fallout. It, it's Fallout Lois Lane number one by Gwenda Bond. That was like Amanda and I have been training ourselves to do it over the course of many episodes because people always ask in the show notes. So, or the it's, I mean, it's show. a good, yeah, yeah, I would too if I would, you know, but it's just, oh. I'll just, I'll just nudge you. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So my second pick for this is Gem Science by Steph- Stephanie Salter, also the first in what is currently a two book series, but I do believe there is a third one coming and it is about a world in which humanity has been through a cataclysmic event there was a plague uh lots of people died and so scientists in an attempt to save the human race learned a whole lot about genetic engineering so in the future everybody kind of is genetically engineered so that they're plague resistant but in the process uh, of course because science and humans People figured out how to create humans that are really good at certain types of jobs that perhaps other people don't want to do, even with assistive technology. So like mining and deep sea diving and caretaking and things that would not necessarily be like skilled labor jobs. Why not just create a human who is super good at that and then make them do it forever? Uh, So there are corporations that have all of these workers who have been designed to do a specific thing. Um, and the, and, you know, humanity society has progressed to the point where they're trying to figure out are, where is the line between a human and not a human when it comes to genetic engineering. And obviously the people who are working for these corporations would prefer to be treated as humans, like they deserve rights like anybody else, and they believe they do, um, but there's a lot of prejudice in society against them. Uh, some people don't think they're intelligent enough, some people don't think they're sane enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this book really tackles uh, sort of some of the issues that we're talking about every day, um, prejudice and bigotry and like what it means to be a human being, but she's coming at it from this really interesting scientific angle. Uh, and so, and of course there's like religious gangs that, you know, they're not, they don't believe they're human. And then there's the religious side that do believe. And there's all of these conflicts all over the place. There's politics and she gets really deep into it. So the book follows Eli Walker, who's a scientist deci- who's in charge of this, you know, conclave to decide whether or not those genetically engineered beings are really human. Um, and he's got people trying to sway his decision. And he's talking with uh, the leader of the, they're called Gems. The leader of the Gems, Ariel Morningstar, uh, who is mysterious and talented and really kind of a genius and people are afraid of her. And then there's this executive who stands to lose tons of money if the bill does go through um it's a really fascinating series it's really intense like trigger warning for violence there's a lot of intense scenes in these books but they are so worth it i just love them i love the future world that she's created the gems are super interesting the way she's playing with the science is really great so that's gem science by stephanie salter and I'm going to talk about A Once Crowded Sky by Tom King. And so if you do read comics regularly, you might recognize Tom King's name. He has kind of become a 
you know, a rising star in comics. He writes Grayson. He writes Sheriff of Babylon over at Vertigo. He is writing the very, very highly acclaimed Vision series for Marvel. But this was written before all of that. Um, I think it came out about 2012. And it is a book, a prose novel about a world in which... So it's a world where there are a lot of superheroes, but... Something happened in the past. There was a cataclysmic fight, and they were facing the end of the world. And so one superhero, basically what happened was they all sacrificed their powers, and one superhero absorbed them and went and defeated this cataclysm, cosmic cataclysmic villain, and sacrificed himself in the process. So we're left in a world, the novel starts after all that has happened, and all these superheroes no longer have their powers and are trying to readjust to real life in a world that, you know, they don't understand it because they always related to it through their super through their superpowers. So now this is a bit of a grittier take. It is not, you know, Lois Lane is a bright, shiny, fun novel. This is more of a post-9-11, grittier, um, Dark Knight style novel, but it's still very good. It's really interesting how uh, King takes comic book tropes, both, both very interesting ones and also really tired ones, like, you know, like using, like, Fridging women, for example, that's a term where if a woman dies or is hurt to further a man's story, if you don't, it's a pretty common comic book trope. But he uses these tropes to kind of comment on superhero culture in general, but also to tell his own really interesting story. And it's really fascinating how he basically, you it's hard to develop characters in comics because so much of it is on the page, graphic, you know, right in front of you, it's pictures. And there's not a lot of monologuing that happens in... The best comics are... It's Comics is a medium, and it's really hard to... It's hard to basically say... It's hard to develop a character. It really is in comics. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you have to show everything, right? You can't yeah, like you can't get t- inside their heads and be like, right. and when you I was tell. five, I did blah blah blah. Or like, I'm like not talking. In, yeah, exactly. I'm talking in circles here. But the point is, <laughs> it is very difficult, and some artists and writers collaborate and do it very well together. Um, some writers need a lot of monologue to tell a story, and that is, to me, a indication of a writer who's not super comfortable in comics if you have to do a lot of internal monologuing. So this is interesting because you do get to do that monologuing because it's a prose novel, but it's sort of structured like a comic book. It's it's so interesting in so many ways, especially as a comics fan. If uh, there are a lot of trigger warnings for this one, there's violence, there's, you know, violence against women, there's it's not, you know, it's it takes all those bad comic book tropes and uh it has them on the page, but it it is really interesting in what it tries to do and what it succeeds in doing and commenting on superheroes and writing this very, very character-driven superhero story. Nice. So that's A One's Crowded Sky by Tom King. I love superheroes without power stories. Yeah, like, that's it always, is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun, that's a trope I dig. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really interesting. It's very literary, which you wouldn't expect. Mm. Like, it's written in a very literary style, which, you know, it's it's really an interesting book. Nice. All right. Question three is from Rebecca. 
Uh, I'm a recently unemployed baker and a creative writing MFA candidate who's waiting around to hear back from schools. Normally, I would be in reader heaven, but I've DNF'd, meaning do not finished, the last three books I've read, and I just haven't been excited by anything I've picked up. This feels awful. Can you help me restore the passion? I normally love novels that are either hugely long and involved or super quiet and specific. Favorite writers include Donna Tartt, Marilyn Robinson, and Colm Tobin. I loved Stoner by John Williams and A Little Life. And I do tend to hit most of the major novels out in a given year, so I guess I'm asking for things off the beaten path with quality writing and a just-can't-put-it-down storyline. Thanks in advance for jumpstarting my bookish insanity yet again. Ugh, we have all been there, Rebecca. Yes. So familiar with that feeling. Okay, so my first pick for you is not out yet. I would normally not do this, but since you appear to be, like, on the up and up for front list, I, I want you to, like, pre-order this book right now. Um, everybody should pre-order this book right now. It's a debut novel called Homegoing by Ya Jesse, uh, and the spelling is not how it sounds, so you t- check the show notes before you go to your bookstore. Um, but this book is incredible. It is, like, a big satisfying, juicy debut novel. Um, And it goes from 18th century Africa and then 300 years forward. So you get this huge viewpoint um, all following this one family. There's these two sisters um, in 18th century Africa who don't even really know that they're sisters. Like they're not connected by their experiences um, in any real way, just by blood. And one of them ends up marrying, uh, there's, um, they're in Ghana, and uh, one of them ends up marrying an Englishman and living in, like, you know, the Cape Castle and knowing that there are slaves in the dungeons, but trying to make a life for herself and her children um, on the Gold Coast in this, like, very weird, you know, colonial, terrible time. And the other one is, uh, Essie, is imprisoned in the castle um, and then shipped off on a boat to America and is sold into slavery. And so the book follows their them and then their descendants as they navigate these really treacherous waters of life, um, both uh, back in Ghana and and in Africa and then in America um, throughout slavery and the Civil War. And then, you know, modern day Harlem is in there. And it's just an incredible, like when you consider that it's a debut novel, I just can't even like it's just so well done. The pacing is really good. All of the characters are fascinating. The way that the author handles these really intense, difficult subject matter is really well done. Like, I just, I put this book down and I was like, whoa, it just is mind-blowingly good. Um, Especially when you consider that it's a debut. Uh, And the ending is so satisfying. Oh, I just can't, okay, sorry. I (laughs) get really, like, tongue-tied and excited about this book. So that's Homegoing by Ya Jesse, and it comes out in June, but you should pre-order it right now. Um, okay, so my first pick is The Sculptor by Scott McCloud, and this satisfies your hugely long and involved. It is a doorstopper of a book. It is might be one of the longest uh, graphic novels I've ever read. It is about a young man who, basically he's a sculptor, but he's in his 20s and he hasn't He hasn't found that spark. He hasn't achieved that fame that he feels that he needs to in order to say that he's a successful sculptor, to say that he has made a mark on this life. So he makes a deal with the devil. He says, I will give you, I will die and I will give you my soul in exchange for 200 days of greatness. 
and he becomes an incredible, amazing sculptor. But during those 200 days, he also falls in love. And it's, it's basically about, it's just, it's so, it's just, it's kind of the heart, it gets to you. Like, it's just, what is greatness? Is it loving a person? Is it being a sculptor and being remembered for hundreds of years? Is it, you know, is it something simple or something grand? Is it both? Is it something different altogether? Like, it explores some really fundamental, hard questions. And Scott McCloud is one of the masters of comics. He has literally written the book right, uh, called right. Understanding Comics, which I highly recommend if you're struggling with how to read comics. Um but literally written the book on how to read comics and how to draw comics. And he just, this book is incredible. It's so beautifully drawn. It's so beautifully written. And, you know, I was stumbling before over talking about how difficult it is to develop characters in comics. And he does it so well. And you get into, like, the main character is named David. And you just, you get into David's head and... You feel his, you know, he, David's a frustrating character, you know. He has that, you know, d need to be beloved and to be a great sculptor. And he, he finds this simple love and starts rethinking everything he's done. But is it too late? Is it, you know, what? It's so well done. It's, I just, I talk about this book and I'm going to, like, start tearing up because I love this Aww. book so much. It's so good. It's so good. So that's The Sculptor by Scott McCloud. There you I go. I remember it. I remember it. <laughs> you did good. Uh, okay, my second pick for you is kind of an author. Uh, it's Louise Erdrich, who if you have not read, you need to start reading immediately. Um, she is an amazing writer, uh, and she does these big, involved... I mean, they're not always long, but she does, like, really intense views into people, uh, kind of like you're talking about with Donna Tartt and Marilyn Robinson and Tobin and Hanya Yanagahara. Like, she is not afraid to, like, look super hard at a person or a person's life and their family and, like, pick out all of the details that would appear to be mundane but, like, are the subject of great literature with the right author. And, um... So the first book I recommend you read is Shadow Tag, which is one of my favorites of hers. Um, and I think it's like, like it's, it was hard to decide what to recommend because Plague of Doves is kind of my favorite and it's a much more sweeping story. But I was like, well, if you haven't read her before, like maybe starting out with something a little bit tighter would be good. So Shadow Tag is the story of a marriage. Um, it's about a woman named Irene America, whose husband Gil is a famous artist and she has been his muse for, you know, years and years and years. They have kids. They They've been living together. Their marriage is definitely not perfect. Uh, Gil drinks too much and he can get abusive, which is not great. Um, but they have a very like passionate marriage also. So, you know, she and she's a very strong woman. So it's like she's kind of, you know, navigating this. Um, and she discovers that he has started reading her diary. And so she, rather than confronting about it, makes a second one. And starts just, I mean, she's trying to get a rise out of him. Like I said, they have a very rocky, combative marriage. And so she's writing these things that may or may not be true to see how he will react to them. And then she's keeping a real diary uh, in a safe deposit box um, where she writes, you know, what's actually happening in her life. And uh, and obviously, this does not go well. Um, and so, so it's a really interesting story, like kind of along the lines of like, I'm trying to think of like like these great novels about marriages that are, you know, kind of 
deconstructing the institution and like it's not a gone girl like nobody gets stabbed but um i mean messed up stuff does happen like trigger warning for sexual violence uh and um you know family abuse uh and 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 the way that you know irene and gill are dealing with each other and with their children like erdrich just makes it so present and so well done and um I think if you could get through a little life, you will definitely have no problem with this one. And the ending just kind of ripped my heart out. I was not expecting it to go exactly the way it did. And it was just like, uh, oh, it's a gut punch to the feels. Uh, and so that is Shadow Tag by Louise Erdrich, but I recommend everything she's ever written also. And I'm going to talk about Krishna, A Journey Within by Abhishek Singh. So this is the story of the Hindu deity Krishna, and it is, oh my god, it is incredible. So this is actually, this fits the super quiet and specific um, thing in the question. It basically, it's the, it, you would think the story of a god would be exciting and you know, a, a lot happens, and it does. It is. It is exciting, but it's just, it's a product of the way this book is drawn. There is not a lot of dialogue. It is mostly the, pic the pictures you're looking at, and each picture, if you've ever doubted that a picture is worth a thousand words, each picture in this book is worth, like, five thousand, because it, they're so detailed, they're so intricate, and so beautiful, but they also tell such an engaging, compelling story. You get sucked into examining these pictures and trying to figure out what Singh is trying to tell you through these pages, and it is so beautiful, and, I mean, each page of this, I can't really describe how gorgeous this book is yeah. each page like it is just uh, like Abhishek was at Book Riot Live last year mm -hmm. and it, he, it's just incredible like this and the story is so quiet and beautiful and it's really interesting to see how he interprets because Krishna was a part of a huge war if you're uh, familiar with the god Krishna his story he was part of a huge war but this book focuses on his spiritual journey and so it's it's got some aspects of that, but it's just a more much more quiet, introspective book than you'd expect. And I just I love it. I think it's breathtaking. And this is a kind of go to gift I give. I give this to every I, most people I know at this point have a copy of this book <laughs> because like I give it to everybody. It's so beautiful and it is so off the beaten path. Yeah. Like, um, most people I know, you know, even people who are very familiar with comics have never heard of this book. And so, you know, I try to talk about it as much as I can just because it is so good and so beautiful. And that's Krishna, A Journey Within by Abhishek Singh. There you go. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I need that pause. You just, you wait me out. Yep. I, I get it. <laughs> okay, so the next question. Hey, Amanda and Jen. I feel like I've run out of graphic novels to read, and I'm looking for some new titles. Although I loved Watchmen and V for Vendetta, I couldn't get into Saga, Sorry Amanda, I Know How Much You Love It, or Why the Last Man, so I don't think that traditional comics are what I want to pursue. I love Persopolis... Mouse, Ghost World, Alison Bechdel's books, and Mariko Tamaki's books. I'm looking for things that are published as opposed to webcomics because I have a hard time reading things on the computer for long periods of time. Thanks for your help. Brianne. Okay. This is interesting. I like this question a lot. Um, I did too. Even though I do love Saga. <laughs> I do love, I love I Saga it. too. It's not for everyone. And Mariko Tamaki, like, co-signed. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my first thought for you is Pretty Deadly Volume 1, The Shrike by Kelly Sudeconic and Emma Rios. Um, this comic, I think, is really interesting because it is... I would not call it a traditional comic at all, uh, especially the first volume. It is telling a really interesting sort of archetypal folkloric story. Um, it's a huge meta story as well and it's not really told in a very linear fashion uh things get introduced kind of at odd moments and then you're like wait what just happened there um i've discussed this book with two book groups and they were some of the most intense discussions that i have had uh because people were just like and then in this one panel this one thing and we were all like oh yeah so <laughs> it's a comic that really rewards like you going slow and really looking at the images and paying attention and um it's not like so all intricate yeah it's really intricate it's not whiz bang pow so the basic story is that uh there is a young girl who is the daughter of death um and she uh you know has these like weird markings on her face kind of skull markings but as otherwise seems to be a human and this book is a bit of her origin story but it's not really following her it's following this traveling troop of players as it were like it's in the old west and these people go from town to town performing little skits and that's how they make their living um but then in one town they fall afoul um because a young girl uh steals something from a man in the crowd and it turns out to be hooked into the story of death's daughter Ginny, um and these like supernatural goings on and then you start to find out like who these players are and how they connect to all of this supernatural stuff and it's just a really lush vivid intense reading experience I, I, and there's a second volume out now or is it no wait the second arc has started the second arc has started it's not out yet. right it's not out it's in fun. collection yet but but the first one i think stands alone really really well um and is so worth the time in the read and i also think it's interesting because it's an all-female comics team which is just very <laughs> it's like unheard of basically um and kelly just kelly sudeconic is really a force in comics she's um you know written she wrote captain marvel and she's written of avengers assemble and emma rios's artwork is like legendary at this point so it's a really amazing team telling a story that they love um sort of independent of the big two uh comics you know legacy characters so that is pretty deadly volume one the shrike okay i'm going to talk about march books one and two by john lewis andrew aiden and nate powell yes. and i i do sympathize with what brian saying um i do love i will say i do love saga i do love why the last man but my first love in comics is graphic novels and graphic memoirs especially so you know mariko tamaki uh, allison bechdel mouse persopolis like i love i love these books and these were my first loves in comics so this is why I think you will really like March, Brianne. So it is the story. It is basically the story of the civil rights movement told through comics. So John Lewis is, um, he's, I mean, he's a legend at this point. He uh, was one of the youngest members, of, leaders of the civil rights movement, and he's currently a congressman. And this is, it's a planned trilogy. The third book is coming out soon, but books one and two are out now. And it starts with his youth in rural Alabama and um, how he meets Martin Luther King Jr. And it changed his life. And basically how his participation in civil rights movements, you know, there is there is some depicted violence. I mean, clearly, you, if you know the history, you know that 
you know, there's some violence in it. So if that's a thing that you know, triggers you, you know, be careful, trigger warning. But it is so well done. Like, I mean, these books, everybody raves about these books for really good reason. These are some of just my favorite comics because the story is so well presented and so thoughtful and so, you know, beautiful. But it's also a very, very personal story. And it's kind of juxtaposed. The framework of it is... Uh, is John Lewis thinking about, in the wake of the inauguration of President Obama, the first black president, sitting in his congressional offices and kind of reflecting on his life, which is so poignant and so, you know, it, it's so beautifully done, such a thoughtful framework and, you know, meeting with constituents. So you kind of get, it's not really a dual narrative because the primary narrative is very much the historical one, but I appreciate having that framework to kind of draw you in at the beginning um, and then it kind of jumping back and forth. So that's March, books one and two by John Lewis, Andrew A. Iden, and Nate Powell. And the third book should be out, I think, this year. Nice. Um, yeah, co-signing all of what she just said. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, so I was thinking about Watchmen and V for Vendetta, like trying to think about what makes them different from Saga and some of the other stuff that you didn't like. And I, I'm going to go out of limb here and recommend The Shadow Hero by Jean Lu and Yang and Sunny Liu. This is another one we read in my book group uh, and really liked and had a really interesting discussion. Um, and it's kind of based, It's I mean, it's based on this Golden Age comic series called The Green Turtle. Uh, and the, it was about a hero who, you know, solved crimes and fought injustice, but it was the first Asian American superhero. Um, and he's kind of been forgotten. Like he doesn't still, that character doesn't still have comics or anything. Um, and so Jean Lu and Yang and Sunny Lu were like, what if we retell that story and, uh, do something interesting with it? So they made it an origin story that doesn't feel, to me, didn't feel like your run-of-the-mill origin story. So it's about a young man who is growing up in San Francisco. He's um, second generation, first generation. Uh, and, you know, his parents came over from China and they're trying to make a life for themselves. And, um, and he is, like, struggling to be, you know, sort of a normal person and then gets dragged into this situation where he becomes the green turtle and is trying to now be a superhero and take care of his neighborhood and take care of his parents and it's all super intense and, and interesting but there's also a lot of really cool quiet moments like some of my favorite panels were the interactions between the main character and his mom um, they're just so well done I just feel like it was a really interesting uh, take on uh, on a character that you know you've never really heard of before so that's The Shadow Hero by Jean Lu and Yang and Sunny Lu, and I think it gives a very different kind of feel to the origin story narrative. I love, I mean, I will co-sign anything by Jean Yang. He's so is great. Brilliant. And also, he has a monthly column at panels. What, what? Plug in that, FYI. Um, he has a monthly column as part of his National Ambassador for Children's Literature, and he talks about the process of creating comics. So that is a thing you can come over to panels and check out. Okay, plug over. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about Showa, A History of Japan by Shigeru Mizuki. Okay, so this is actually four books, um, but they are really long. I think the first one is about 600 pages, so you can take them slow. It is basically a history of Japan 
juxtaposed against Shigeru Mizuki's own story um, as a boy growing up through the Showa era of Japan. And so the first book is Showa 1926 to 1939, and it is the basically the years in Japan leading up to World War II. So Mizuki, of course, Mizuki-san, if you don't know who he is, he is one of the greats of manga, of Japanese comics. He recently died, I think, last year. And uh, he is just, he's one of those people you could tell that really celebrated life. Uh, there was this picture of him that went viral last year of him just, like, destroying a McDonald's hamburger. Like, just, like, relishing. You could tell, like, how much he was enjoying this, this, like, McDonald's cheeseburger. And so, like, that is the kind of guy he was. He was just full of life. He was funny, and he was vivacious. And that really comes across in his history. It's super interesting. I don't know a lot about Japanese history. So it was really fascinating to read it from his point of view. And juxtaposing it with his own narrative means that you have an emotional investment in the story. You're invested in the character of Shigeru Mizuki. You want to know what's going to happen to him. And it's it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's, um, it's a modern day classic at this point, basically. But if you love, you know, Persepolis, which is in Mouse, which are both like historical narratives of, you know, one person juxtaposed against this huge, broader thing that is happening in the world, I think you'll really enjoy Showa as well. And it's, it is, uh, it covers the span of 1926 to 1989, the full series. So it is super long and involved and just just incredible and excellent. And I cannot recommend any of Mizuki-san's comics highly enough. Like he does, all of his works are so good, but Showa is a great just introduction to what he does. And it's so incredibly ridiculously well done. So that's Showa, A History of Japan, and the first volume is 1926 to 1939, and that is by Shigeru Mizuki. I am adding that to my list. It's so good. <laughs> like, I, like, mind-blowingly good. It is so good. History comics are one of those things that's, like, there cannot be enough of them. Yeah, and I feel like it's such a engaging and interesting way to learn history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, that's why I love, like, that's why graphic memoirs are so my jam. Yeah. Because I feel like they just, they do it so well. Nice. All right, so since we're talking about comics today, we're going to use our second sponsor slot to tell you about another podcast you should be listening to. It is the O Comics podcast from Panels. Let's take it away. Yeah. <laughs> so O Comics is our weekly podcast. Um, our hosts, Paul Montgomery and Preeti Chibber, talk about what's new, exciting, and interesting in the world of comics every week. We make sure it's very accessible to new readers, so if you're not a diehard comics fan that follows every Marvel and DC, in-universe continuity thing, that that's totally fine. You will still uh, really enjoy listening to our podcast. We do, you know, all kinds of things with the podcast. Every time there's a new comic book movie out, we'll do an entire show dedicated to the movie. So, you know, for example, Captain America Civil War is coming out next week. So Preeti and Paul are planning to do an entire episode just devoted to the movie. We've covered Daredevil, Jessica Jones... They also do Books of the Month. So the Book of the Month for this month is The Art of Charlie Chan-Hawk Chai by Sunny Liu, who uh, was also the artist on The Shadow Hero that Jen mentioned. 
And uh, basically, it's read the book first. Don't read the book first, but come listen to the discussion. Participate if you want. They always take questions beforehand to discuss on the podcast. And so we do a lot of fun, interesting things with our podcast. We try to keep it as fun and light as we do on the website panels itself. And yeah, I hope you guys come and listen to Ocomics. And I... As much as I am plugging it, I don't have anything to really do with the production of the podcast. That is up to our amazing hosts. So I actually listen to it as a fan, and I really enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, it is a lot of fun. And we, yeah, we try to make it as accessible to new readers as possible because that's what we do at panels. We don't gatekeep, and we don't tell you there's a certain way you should read comics or there are certain comics. If you don't read, you know, superhero comics, you're not a real comics reader because that is stupid and we do not believe that. <laughs> so we try to um, put that in every aspect of the website, including the podcast. We'll drop a link in the show notes. You can check it out more. But that is the O Comics podcast uh, yes. from panels.net. Okay, fifth question. We are just rolling right along. This is from Nicole with two L's. I just spent the last three days binge-watching Jessica Jones. This is just after I read my first graphic novel, Pneumona. Oh, so good. Yes. I, both, I love both, and I feel like I want to jump into comics with both feet, but it is so overwhelming. I love a strong female, but I'm so confused if I have to start with the first issue. I guess that's the right term. Any suggestions for comics? Where do I start? Oh, do we have suggestions oh, gosh. for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like, yes, this is our jam. Um... Okay, so my first suggestion for you is Ms. Marvel, Volume 1, No Normal, by G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona. I cannot say enough amazing things about Ms. Marvel, and because she yep. is so new, it is really super easy to catch up with her. Like, you do not have decades worth of comics to wade through. Um, Ms. Marvel is a legacy character, and the newest Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, is a girl from Jersey City who gets caught in a weird cloud and suddenly has superpowers. Uh, and so she takes up the mantle of Ms. Marvel as, like, the way that she's going to make sense of this all, because she is a superhero fangirl. Like, she writes fan fiction about Loki, and she, like, knows everything about all of the different superheroes, and she lives in Jersey City, so, like, she's a crest street from New York where all of her favorite superheroes are um, and so she's really steeped in this world but has not been of it until now suddenly she is so Kamala is amazing as an intro character because like her experience of becoming the superhero is like what any of our fan people's experiences would be like you've been watching something and loving it and now suddenly you're in it and like how do you deal with that and on top of it she's trying to deal with like being a normal teenager, being a Muslim teenager, like, who is she in her daily life? Who is she at school? Who is she to her parents? Like, who does she want to be? And now suddenly she has these superheroes that complicate all of those questions. This first volume, I think, is also great because it is like an origin story, um, and it's a really interesting spin on the origin story and the where it ends. Like, I just, I was so ready to get like, oh my god, what is going to happen next? Um, and I believe the second volume is out. Yeah, Swapna? Um, yeah, so the first entire... I was going to jump in yeah, after yeah. you were done. So make sure when you're picking up Miss Marvel Volume 1, Marvel did a really annoying thing, and you can tell with the irritation in my voice how irritated I am by it. Um, they recently rebooted their entire line. So there are two Miss Marvel oh, right, Volume 1s. Right. 
So when you're doing it, the whole first run is out and it's four trades, but make sure you're just getting the no normal volume one, which is her in a black shirt with a lightning bolt right. and her face is cut off. Yes. Um, and not the one where she's wearing her costume. Okay. But yes, the first entire run is out in trade. Yeah. And so, it's, yes. And it's so good. But yes, yeah, so Mar- Ms. Marvel volume one, no normal, not the other, other one, number one. Yes. <laughs> it's so frustrating whenever I talk about it in like, because we try to do so much aimed at new readers. Yeah. I'm like, well, you can get the, this volume one and then get this volume right. one. <laughs> but you don't have to know anything about what's going on in the larger universe no, to enjoy it. that's one of and, my favorite yeah. things because this was one of the first comics that I picked up as like coming back to comics from like, you know, when I was a kid, I watched the X-Men and Batman and, like, the cartoons and stuff, but I wasn't really a reader, and I didn't know anything about, like, the Inhumans, and, like, I don't even know what all, like, the big events, and you don't have to know. It's fine. Kamala is your guide. She will take good care of you. And you can just read that and then go straight into the new run, which has the same creative team, which makes it even more confusing. But you can just go straight into the new run, and it's seamless, and it goes right through, and it is... Ugh, I, you know how much I love I do, Marvel. I do. Oh, I, like, I cry when I talk about it. I love it so much. <laughs> All right. Okay, next one. What's yours? Okay, so I'm going to talk about Lady Killer by Joelle Jones and Jamie S. Rich. Okay, so this is a... It was initially a one series... And that was four issues, I think, and it was done, but it was so popular that they're actually making new Lady Killer issues that are going to come out this year. But you can just buy this one single trade, and it's a full story. But it is about a 50 housewife, 50s housewife named Josie, who is... She's the perfect housewife and, you know, makes has dinner on the table for her husband and kids every night and keeps the house spotless. But she also happens to have a... A, a job at night uh, as an assassin. And it is so fun. <laughs> like you do. And, yeah, it is so fun and so good. And, like, her mother-in-law is starting to get suspicious and thinks Josie's having an affair because, you know, she's, like, sneaking out and she comes home in different clothes that she left in because her clothes got covered in blood. And, you know, like, it's so, it's so fun and so good. And Joelle's art is phenomenal. Like, this woman looks like Jackie Kennedy. Like, she's just perfect and put together and she wears these pink pillbox hats. And it's so fun. And it's just, like, if you like strong women... I mean, this is, this is it. Like, this is, it's so, it's so good. And, like, I love that as much as I do love serialized storytelling and reading a lot of issues, I enjoy sometimes just a one-and-done, like, you know, you pick up the, like, the graphic novel, it's four issues, you read it cover to cover, and then it's done. There are more issues coming out, but this is a self-contained story, and it's, uh, it's incredible, and it's, I've heard it compared to, like, if Betty Draper was a hit woman. Nice. Um, one of our uh, Book Riot contributors described it that way, and I absolutely, Jamie, and I absolutely agree. It's so good. And though that is Lady Killer, uh, sorry, it's five issues, not four, but it's Lady Killer by Joelle Jones and Jamie S. Rich. All right, and my second pick for you, we mentioned before, it's Saga Volume 1 by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. And what I love about Ugh. Saga 
there's so many reasons why I love Saga. But what I love most about it is that um, even though it's been around for a while, uh, the uh, it's like in issues, it's in its 30s now, I guess, in the run. Um, but it's, it's still easy to catch up. It's all collected really quickly, and it has nothing to do with the superhero world of Marvel and DC. So, like, if you are not, like, feeling like you need to do a deep dive, I mean, maybe you are, you want to do that too, but this is totally separate, and you don't need to have any backstory. It's a self-contained story. Um, and it is about two sol- two soldiers from opposite sides of just this, like, never-ending intergalactic war. And they fall in love, which is not okay. Like, it's totally, it's not, I think it's actually illegal, well, it's illegal yeah, yeah. for them to be together. And, um, but whatever, they're in love and they're on the run and they have a baby and they're trying to protect their baby. And everything that happens from there just kind of spirals out of this goal that is like to be together in the face of just overwhelming odds um, and to protect their child. And it is so good. It's like totally, the characters are so well-rounded. They're so so many characters, but they and I never have found it hard to keep track of who's who. Like they do a really good job of making sure that you kind of always know where you're situated um, in the story, even though the story jumps around like crazy. Um, like there's a and and the Hazel, the child, is kind of narrating the story in bits and pieces, and it's a really fun sort of uh, way that they tie it all together. And I don't know, like how to talk about it. like it's it's like I get caught up in my feels and cannot be specific. But there's lots of different planets. There's lots of different adventures. There's magic. There's fights. There's violence. People die that you are not expecting to die. Like every time they kill a character, I'm like. Oh, like it just is a it's so painful because you're so attached to everyone. Um, But they definitely do kill their darlings in this series. Um, And I think it's neat because they're doing fantasy and science fiction. Like I said, it's like intergalactic and there's like weird robot characters, but there's also magic. Um, And it has that. One of the things that Brian K. Vaughn talks about a lot is wanting to create a universe that feels like the Star Wars universe and that it like feels lived in. It's gritty. It's not like shiny and new. It's like got tons of history and it's, you know, there's all of these old alliances and new politics and all of this stuff that crisscrosses every which way, and I think they have really succeeded. And Fiona Staples' art is, like, ungodly good. She's so good at faces and bodies and... And her colors. Ah, the colors. Like, ugh, it's Uh, just, like, ugh, just, yeah. Clearly we get, you know, verklempt trying to talk about it. Um... And it's also really controversial in weird ways. Like the one of the collections had an image of Alana, the mother figure, breastfeeding on it, and that was like, uh, like you can have women in scantily clad bending over in weird poses, but God forbid there should be a breastfeeding woman on a cover. Like it, it got really interesting. Um, and I think they're doing. I think they are very deliberately making choices about how they portray their characters and what kind of plot developments happen. And I really dig the choices they're making. So that is Saga Volume 1 uh, by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, and like we get super verklempt talking about it, so you know, yes. you should probably read it. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to talk about Lucy Nisley, and really I recommend picking up anything by New- Lucy Nisley, but because I feel like that's a little bit of a cop-out, I'm going to just talk about her newest book, Something New. Lucy Nisley is a memoir, a graphic memoirist, and she is really one of the best out there. 
Um, she takes, she writes these amazing slice of life comics. So her, I think the one that kind of put her on the map was French Milk, which is about, she's an American uh, comic book writer, artist, but she traveled to France and it's basically just a gorgeous travelogue of um, her, of living in Paris for a while. And then she like did an, a, a tra another travelogue called Displacement, which is about taking her elderly grandparents on a cruise. And it was just her taking care of her grandparents. Her grandmother has a bit of dementia. And it was just like, people talk a lot about, can't we talk about something more pleasant by Roz Chast as the elder care kind of memoir. But I feel like this displacement is so incredibly good and poignant in a different way. But something new is her newest. And it is about Lucy getting married. Uh, it comes out on, actually, it releases on Tuesday, so it is not out yet, but it will be out very, very, very soon. And I love this. I'm not a person, you know, some people love weddings. I like weddings because I get to go see my friends, but I don't, you know, I'm not a person who absolutely adores weddings. So I wasn't sure about how much I would love something new, but I really, really loved it because guess what? Lucy Nisley doesn't love weddings either. <laughs> so she's really ambivalent about the idea of being a bride. She's ambivalent about what that means. She doesn't like the idea of spending all this money and time on one occasion. And she doesn't like necessarily being the center of attention. She wonders what, you know, she's, uh, she identifies as bisexual and she wonders what making that commitment to a man means about her for her bisexuality because uh, uh, society is so just crappy towards people who are, bi you know, like just they just towards people who are bisexual, like, oh, you're married to a man, therefore you're not bisexual. Like, no. Or that's not what that means. But so it's just, it's really introspective. It's really beautiful. And it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful comic. Like the colors are rich and it's funny. It's really funny. She talks about, you know, these are all the ambitious things I wanted to wait, make for my own wedding. Here's the one thing I actually made because <laughs> it turns out all this stuff takes a lot more time than you think. And about her, just, you know, about working with a wedding planner, about trying to find a place to have the wedding. She's on, honest about, like, financial woes because putting on a wedding is really expensive. And I really, I think if you like memoirs generally, like, I, I, I call often, I often call Lucy Nicely kind of a gateway drug into comics because if you like memoirs, it doesn't matter if you've read comics or not. If you like, like, personal memoirs, you will like her. You will love her comics because they are so – she has that great uh, ability to be vulnerable and be honest with the reader and be very sympathetic while also maintaining a sense of humor and self-deprecation. And so you get that real emotional balance and you care about her and you want things to work out. But, you know, she is honest about like, hey, I made these mistakes. I made these bad calls. I wasn't sure what to do. And you really feel for her. And I, I just, I love her so much. Like, I, I, I love, she's such a delight in person and on the page. And I just absolutely adore her. So that's something new. 
Tales from a Makeshift Bride by Lucy Nicely. Yeah, I co-signed that. She's great. Her book Relish is all about growing oh. up with her foodie parents and, like, learning to cook. And she's got recipes in there. And the art is so good. And, like, here, like, literally it's mouth-watering. You're like, I want those yeah. cookies right now. <laughs> her colors are, like, mm-hmm. coloring is something new because her first comics, were, first few comics were black and white. And her colors, but she's so good at yeah. it. I'm like, uh, they're so good. It's just not fair how great no. she is. Really? All right. So that's our show. We are out of time. Uh, so thank you so much, Swapna, for coming on and recommending comics. Thanks for having me. Yes. Delightful. Uh, you can, if you are listening, you can rate us on iTunes. Um, it really helps people to find the show. Uh, we love hearing the feedback and uh, we hope you will do that. So yes, you can find us on iTunes, rate us there. You can leave us comments. Um, like things like, you know, please say the titles again after you're done talking. Yes. We, we do listen. Swapna. <laughs> no, you did great. You did great. Uh, you can find us on social. I am Jen IRL, Jen with two N's. Swapna, where can people find you? I'm S Krishna on Twitter, and you can always tweet me for comic book recommendations. I am so here for it. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, which was ourselves, Book Riot Live, and the O Comics Podcast. Mm-hmm.